Good morning. So I think um, one of the things that corporate America has tapped into is um, our need to tell stories, you know. We're, we're really storytellers. We like to give our side of it, give our opinion, tell our story, you know. And so we've, we've become walking billboards, Right? Even our clothing, right? Half full, right? I mean, that's a, that's a nice billboard. It's a good message, right? Very optimistic. It's better than being half empty, right? I mean, that's the whole, whole thing, you know. Uh, these are life, life is good t-shirts. Are you familiar with that? And so... I get one of those every, at least one. This year I think I got three for Christmas. So Martha says, yo, which one do you want? You know, we got all these to select from. So I'm looking them over and looking them over. And so give me the half full cup, you know. I thought that would be a nice message to, to give, you know. But I was thinking about it as I was pressing this T-shirt to wear this morning, last night. And I'm thinking... You know, this is really, yes, I press my T-shirts. Come on. They don't get it. They don't get it. This is really a lousy kingdom message, you know? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, it doesn't say, and they were all half-filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, on the day of Pentecost, you know, mighty wind and fire, and they were all half-filled with the Holy Spirit, eh? So I'm going to hide my advertising before I get into this word. I don't want to send a double message here, right? You'll be hearing, hearing one thing from my mouth and seeing something else imprinted on my shirt. It's not a, not a good thing, so, yeah, I'm not, Hide my pressed T-shirt. So, so I want to talk about just that. You know, maybe today, maybe you're feeling half-filled. You know, maybe you've felt in the past really full and, you know, overflowing with the presence of God and his work in your life, but stuff happens, right? Isn't that what the bumper sticker says? Stuff happens, right? <laughs> Something like that. Just don't step in that bumper sticker. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, so I want to talk about being renewed by the Holy Spirit. Renewed by the Holy Spirit. And just for some background, uh, you inevitably have to go back to Genesis, the first chapter. Uh, in chapter 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. Okay, now, brought to its simplest translation from the Hebrew, this verse simply states that things were chaotic and dark. Things were chaotic and dark. Your life ever felt that way? Chaotic? Anyone ever felt like their life had really gotten out of control and dark? And, you know, so we can kind of zone that down, encapsulate it into experiential stuff. You know, my life was a mess. It was chaotic. It was dark. And, and you know what? The Holy Spirit's still 
brooding. He's still hovering. Even if you didn't know him, that was taking place in all the chaos and all the darkness. Uh, this has been set since time immemorial that the Holy Spirit is hovering over chaos, hovering over darkness, just waiting for the moment. Okay. God began to move. He began to speak. Creation is simply this. God said. You know, the, the scientists got it exactly right. It's the Big Bang Theory. It was the sound of his voice. Let. That's what the Big Bang sounded like. Let. I know I've, I've shared this a few times before, but it's so elemental and primary to all else that it really bears repeating. Uh, the quest of quantum physics is the theory of everything. They're looking for the minute substance that is the base root substance of every other substance that exists. Everything that, that is tangible has its root in one piece of matter. They've never discovered what that was. When I was in grammar school, you know, they, they saw the atom. You know, and oh, this little thing you can't see with the naked eye. You know, everything's made up of the atom. And, you know, by the time I reached high school, they had split that thing into so many pieces, you know. There were quirks and quarks and zaps and zips and all kinds of things that they just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller until they couldn't even see it anymore and they had to turn to quantum mathematics to figure out how to get smaller and smaller and to trace this thing down to what is the thing that makes everything else exist. And what they came up with is called the string theory, that everything that exists is vibrating strands, loop strands, look like vibrating little elastic strings. And the different pitches and different vibrations of those make up the basis of everything that is matter. And it's simply the sound of his voice continuing to vibrate. Let there be. Let there be. Let there be is the basis. And many quantum physicists have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through this idea that it is sound itself. In the beginning, God said, in Genesis 1, 26 through 31, says, God said, now we will make humans and they will be like us. We will let them rule the fish and the birds and all other living creatures. So God created humans to be like himself. Now listen to what God looks like. Male and female. Male and female. Men and women. God gave them his blessing and said, Have a lot of children. Fill the earth with people and bring it under your control. Rule over the fish of the ocean, the birds of the sky, and every animal on earth. I have provided all kinds of fruit and grain for you to eat, and I have given the green plants as food for everything else that breathes. These will be food for animals, both wild and tame, and for the birds. And God looked at what he had done. All of it was very good. 
evening came and then morning, and that was the sixth day. So just how did God make man, and what was it that mirrored God himself? What was it that made us like him? Genesis 2, 7, it says, The Lord God took a handful of soil and made a man. God breathed life into the man, and the man started breathing. King James states it this way, that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I like that. In the Hebrew, the word for breath is neshama, neshama. In Hebrew, it contains these elements within its meaning. It's vital breath. Try, try to stop breathing. Right? It's vital to your existence, right? Vital breath. Divine inspiration. Intellect, inspiration, soul, and spirit. So out of this interaction with God, humanity was born into the world. A living soul, distinct and different from all created things around him, and with the ability to relate to and reflect the essence of the living God. Man alone was a living soul and a spirit. And because of this, he could experience a very unique and privileged event in his life on a daily basis. Genesis 3.8, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Man alone could have a personal relationship with the God that created him. Face to face, spirit to spirit, breath to breath, substance to substance. They were of the same pitch and tenor. They could experience the manifest presence of God in their lives because his breath, the very essence of God, was in them, and they were his children. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 through 16 says, but we impart a secret and hidden, hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of the age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit interpreting spiritual truths so that to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. 
The spiritual person judges all things, but is, is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have, but you have the mind of Christ. Fast forward in time to about 33 AD in Jerusalem. The Son of God is being crucified. Luke 23, 44 says it was now about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Into your hands I commit my spirit, and he breathed out. Listen to Matthew's description of the same event. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders, hearing it, said, This man is calling for Elisha. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elisha will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. See what Luke calls breath, Matthew calls spirit. Watch what happens. Behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And we're talking 35 feet in height. And the earth shook, and the rocks were split. Tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. And when the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. You see, again, it was darkness and chaos. Ladies and gentlemen, the Spirit of God has just left the house. In perfect obedience... Jesus gives back to God that which God had first given to the first Adam when he was just the dust of the ground. This gift of the very breath of God, now corrupted by man through sin, but now the man, designated so by Pontius Pilate, behold the man, speaking of Jesus, the second Adam is crucified, dies and is buried. And three days later, as his body is in the process of returning to dust, once again encounters the breath of God. As Paul exclaims, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And so with a gasp of divine breath, new creation begins. New life is granted And the one new man now raised to life offers to all who are far off the greatest opportunity in all eternity, the chance to be born again. 
Do you remember what Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, beginning in verse 18? Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I want you to listen to the message version of these same verses. Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation... The wind hovering over the water, creation. The invisible moving visible, a baptism into new life. It's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit and becomes a living spirit. So don't be so surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it's rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. You must be born again. If you want to see the kingdom. And I think the use of the word see here is used in the sense of understanding or apprehending the truth or meaning of something. Like you'd say, oh, now I see. See, really saying, now I understand. I get it. You, you just won't get the kingdom if you're not born again. Do you ever read the scriptures before you get saved? I mean, what? <laughs> I get that. Like, <laughs> you know, you just don't get it. This life, therefore, says Martin Luther, this life, therefore, is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness. Not health, but healing. Not being, but becoming. Not rest, but exercise. We are not yet what we shall be. Isn't that good news, huh? (laughs) 
but we are growing toward it. The process is not yet finished, but it is going on. This is not the end, but it is the road. All does not yet gleam in glory, but all is being purified. We are being conformed into the image of the new Adam. But more than this, Jesus also emphatically stated, you must be born of the Spirit if you want to enter the kingdom. There are a lot of people who drive by here, walk by here, come by here, some who even come up to our breadbasket by the door, and they see this place. Occasionally, one will come in, maybe in the food pantry or some other occasion or event, and I'm always amazed at their response. When they enter, they say, oh, what is that feeling? This place is awesome. I never knew. You see, you can't know just by seeing. You have to enter. You have to get in. And Jesus is saying, listen, you, you, can, you can be born again. You can have a salvation experience, and you can see it all. But it's still not the whole story. Because there's a place to enter into. There's a place of coming into the things of God. There's a, a place where God handles you and, and you handle his stuff and you participate in the kingdom and you're part of the kingdom and you understand the kingdom and you breathe the kingdom and you breathe out the kingdom and you minister the kingdom and the kingdom flows through you and you've entered into by the Spirit. You must be born of the Spirit. How vital is this experience? Watch the first thing Jesus does the first time he sees his disciples after the resurrection in the Gospel of John, chapter 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them. And said, Receive the Spirit. As the Father sent me. Spirit breathed, spirit expressed, spirit empowered. So I send you, receive it, receive it, receive the spirit. As it was true for Jesus, so it is true for you and for me. When the breath of God fills this body, decaying from the consequences of sin and death, That is when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. New life, real, legitimate, new life begins for us also. Jesus in John again, 16th chapter, says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. 
I mean, he's talking about the cross. He's saying to his disciples, listen, this is in your best interest that they nail me to a tree. It's in your best interest that I die and get buried. It's in your best interest that I suffer because if I go away, if I do this, if this work is finished, the Holy Spirit will come to you. The breath of God will fill humanity again. New creation will begin. New life will begin. The kingdom of God will begin to expand and take over the whole earth. It's in your best interest. I tell you the truth. It's in your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare it to you, the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has by the Spirit becomes yours, but only by the Spirit. You can't get it by reading the words of Jesus. You can't get it by Bible study. You can't get it just by prayer. It's by relationship. It's by being God-breathed into you so that your spirit is alivened. And as he was about to ascend into heaven, he declares, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You will receive power. The essence of life itself. The breath of God. I'd like this morning to invite you, of course, if you have any prayer needs for healing or any other issues going on in your life, certainly to come forward. But I would like to, in particular, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you've never been born again by the Spirit, if you've never been filled with the Spirit, and, you know, if you have, you won't say, well, I think I was. I think I had some kind of experience. It's not like that. If you have, you have, and you know it. And if you don't know it, today you can. I really believe the Holy Spirit is in this place to breathe new life. If your cup looks like my T-shirt, 
You know, I don't know how many times in the book of Acts it says, and they were all filled again as at the first. They needed to go back with their half-filled cups. If they did, so don't we. If you're half-filled today, if your cup is draining out, if it's no longer overflowing, you know, if you're not breathing out into your neighbors and your workmates and your family and your friends, the power of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing left to give. Do you ever feel I got nothing left to give? Come and get your cup filled. Same spirit. Faithful, full of truth and wonder and power in the witness of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask those who have been asked to pray, the prayer teams to please come up, prepare themselves, and I'm just going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Just come. Your presence is enough. The movement of your breath, filling our lungs, enabling our lives to be more than we ever anticipated we could ever be. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come as the baptizer to immerse us in your presence, to clothe us with your very self, and to fill us until our cups overflow and abound in grace and mercy to a world that so needs the breath of God. Come, Holy Spirit begin to blow in this room. We don't know where you'll come from. We don't know where you go. But we ask you to pass through us on the way. Fill us, O oh God, afresh and anew, the breath of God. If you need prayer this morning, please come forward. If you've never had the baptism, please come forward. If you need a new touch from the Lord, please come forward.